Hi, how would you like to advertise on Conversations with Dwyer? You can advertise your band, a new album, your company, a service you provide, or just yourself, and it will be heard around the world, and it will live on that episode or multiple episodes forever. Email me at Conversations with Dwyer, and we could begin discussing how to get your advertisement up on an episode or multiple episodes of Conversations with Dwyer. Again, email me at Conversations with Dwyer at gmail.com. And remember, that ad will be heard around the world. Now, how about we enjoy this latest episode of Conversations with Dwyer? Welcome to Conversations with Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer. This is a music podcast, and speaking of music, that song that played me in is called Disappear. It is from the album Flower of Devotion by Dead, D-E-H-D, in case you are unaware of that band. And if you are unaware of that band, you should become aware of that band, because they're really great. And my guest today is uh, one of the singer-songwriters of the band, Jason Bala. He is from Chicago. I'm a former Chicagoan, so and if you've listened to this podcast before, you're probably sick of me talking about Chicago. <laughs> and but uh, I love when I have Chicago uh, guests because uh, you know we can, I can relate. And there's a whole world and a dialogue that goes along with being Chicago, like WGN TV, which no longer is as great as it was as I was a kid. But that's besides the point. Uh, just for the record, in the show notes, all things. Dead will be in there, so you can go buy the record. And I do say buy, because streaming, come on, man. Streaming doesn't pay anybody anything except a big corporation that makes a lot of money already, and they don't need it. So support your support your bands. Uh, this is a really great talk, and uh, please explore the show notes. Uh, it's really And also there's uh, my link in there all for all things Matt Dwyer. And if you are a first-time listener to this podcast, you could go to my website and see past guests, or you can go to my Instagram, Conversations with Dwyer, and see who's been on the show. I've had all kinds of great guests. Um, Leah Wellbaum from Slothrust, Danita Sparks from L7, Wayne Coyne from, from The Flaming Lips, Tim Presley. God, the list is just so long. Harmar Superstar, King Khan. Lou Barlow is coming up very soon. And a bunch of other, I always have great, great, great guests in the lineup ready to come on the show. So, And also, you could become a Patreon subscriber. You could listen to this conversation with Jason and I, or you could go to the Patreon and watch the full version. You could look at his young, handsome face and my aging, tired face and, uh, you know, really just drink in what it's like for two really cool guys like us to hang out. Um and uh, if you can't become a Patreon supporter, just tell your friends about it. I really appreciate it. And and, and if you are a new listener, I really thank you for coming. There's so many great uh, guests I've had on and over 200 episodes. So I would really, really appreciate that. And, uh, well, enough of my ramble, bamble, doodly-doo. Um, this is a really great episode. Jason and I, I think we're best friends now. And I think when next time I come to Chicago, we're going to get tattoos. We didn't discuss that, but I think it's going to happen. I don't even know if he has tattoos. I have one and a half. I have my daughter's name and uh, my wife's name that is fading. 
Hope that's not metaphoric to my relationship. <laughs> I don't think it is. I think I think we're we're in anyway, it doesn't matter. Thank you for listening. Please enjoy this conversation with Jason Bala of Dead. Do you have a lot of siblings and brothers, or is it like just the whole thing? Mostly like, yeah, the extended family. Like my both of my parents had like, you know, five siblings or something like that. So it was like, you know, aunts and uncles and cousins and that whole kind of thing. Yeah, I did, I have a, like four older brothers, and I'm also. Oh well, are you the baby? I am, which means I got the shit kicked out of me, and I don't know how to fight. <laughs> <laughs> I never had to fight because all my brothers were like the neighborhood ruffians. Oh, nice. So no one fucked with me, but then I didn't learn how to defend myself, which is you know like I'm. It's not like I'm need to defend myself these days. Like I'm going to the corner to get in some scrapes and scraps. <laughs> Yeah, like how often do you find yourself like you're like I think I need to get in a scuffle or <laughs> pretty rare on my daily. Someone has defended my wife's honor, and I must defend it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what? What? Because I'm from the suburbs of Chicago as well. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, so I was wondering what suburb you were from. I'm from Buffalo Grove. Get the fuck out! I'm from yeah. Streamwood. Oh shit! Okay, so that's I feel like Buff- they're close-ish. Yeah, they're out there. Northwest, you know? Yeah, yeah. And isn't uh, infamous Chicago and Billy Corgan from Buffalo Grove originally? I don't know. I, the, my my big like uh, thing that was, when I was growing up, that was like I found really cool was like I had an old um, Joan of Arc CD. Yeah. And like on the back, the mailing address was to like a Buffalo Grove address. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, like as a kid, you're like, it's like down the street. <laughs> and they were like uh wasn't Joan of Arc like a big sort of inspiration or one of the early bands you discovered? That- oh yeah, big time. They were, they were like the first like, you know, weird music that I had heard cuz like before then it was like you know, I grew up like I was in high school in the mid two like early mid 2000s, so it was like you know, pop punk was just like reign supreme for a long time and then it was like, oh, then I heard I met this guy uh, who actually was working for my dad and he gave me he was living, I don't even know if he was living in the city, but he, he was like going to this place, the empty bottle all the time in Chicago. And then like in kind of a heyday era where in like, you know, Joan of Arc and Tortoise and all these bands were playing. Uh, and so he gave me all those records to listen to. And I was like, whoa, like this makes sense. Music. There's so much more out here that actually like connects with me on some level other than just like teenage angst or something. Yeah. Was the city like, this is, I'm just relating it to me. It's like that's sort of the same thing when I started hearing i was gonna say real music i don't know if that's the proper way but it's like you know like <laughs> yeah. the suburbs we're from different eras obviously but it was like the sub when i grew up it was like very isolated and it was just very these are the fucking bands you listen to man and that's it <laughs> it's like yeah I, I feel like it's funny because uh i feel like maybe i'm one of the last generations that grew up with that kind of like mentality where it's like you know it's like it, it's a you're like, I, I, at the time I was like, you know, I only listen to like this one kind of music and like everyone who does like, doesn't like this, like they just don't get, you know, it, it was a lot more like tribal than where now it's like totally cool to like, like pop music or something like that, or like, like country music or something like when we were like, when I was a kid, it was just like, that stuff sucks. Never. <laughs> was it, was it still, cause like my era was like, if you don't listen to Led Zeppelin, you're an idiot. Like, it was Zeppelin, all that, like, and I'm not trying to shit talk those guys, but, you know, it was all, 
<laughs> but I will. <laughs> but like, if you didn't listen to that sort of metal hard rock stuff and in classic rock, it's like, and then you know, certain new things would be allowed, but anything else was like, fucking no, man. Yeah, it was really strict, which is like, it's pretty sad because I think you kind of missed out on like a lot of good shit that you could have been listening to, you know, but you're just like, and also, I mean, you know, my mind, like my perception of like what country was or any of that kind of stuff was like, you know, what you hear on the radio, which mostly sucks anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. What did you, were you playing in bands and stuff? And Cause I th- read something, you said you were in a shitty emo band. Oh yeah. I was in a bunch of those. I mean, you know, in our mind we were really great, but, <laughs> um, but it was actually like, I, yeah, I kind of got it. I, even though I wasn't really aware of it at the time, you know, we were like playing all these, like what were essentially like DIY shows, but I just like, I had no point of reference. So I was like, Oh, this is just what you do when you're in a small band. You know, we were playing at like the Knights of Columbus and like VFW halls and that kind of thing. Like, you know, community rec rooms that like, kids were like organizing these shows which i didn't realize was like a special thing until i was like oh wow like we were living in you know i moved to the city and then we're throwing all these like house shows and all that kind of stuff i was like oh this is the same thing that we were doing before i just didn't realize it was like a special thing that not everyone just had like this place that you could go see a you know band play yeah how how old were you when like you were given joan of arc and sort of starting discovering that there was a different world out there musically Probably like 15 or 16 or something like that. And then it was kind of like a, a just a clean break. Then I just like kind of went off this other direction. Where would you find, I guess, I mean, you had the internet in 2000. I didn't see, I didn't have the internet really. Mm-hmm. What, where did, how did you go about finding more stuff? Well, it was kind of like that heyday, like Pitchfork was like really cool, you know? And so you're like, Oh, okay. Like it was like, uh, I'm trying to think of the band, you know, like animal collective and stuff like that. That was coming out, which is another band in high school, you know, that like I was guilty of being like, they had a record or something. I was just thinking about this the other day. Cause I listened to their record, but I was kind of like protective over it. Cause I was like, this is my weird music, you know, or something like that. And like people started liking it who were just like normal kids in school. <laughs> And I was like so salty about it. I was like, man, you're such an asshole. <laughs> I wonder, because I've done that too. I wonder what that is where you become protective of music. That's interesting. Hey, it's like wrapped up in, in the ego, I guess, you know, because like you want to like, I don't know, growing up, especially like in the suburbs, you know, you want to like, especially if you don't like feel like you fit into that world, then you're like, well, fine, like I'll make my own my own world and I'll find all this stuff that's out there. And then it's like kind of precious to you because it's like also wrapped up in your like identity, you know? Yeah. And then someone who like defi- defies that kind of like idea you have of yourself, you're like, oh. <laughs> but it's really just like, who cares what you like? Like, it's just a, it's like a matter of taste. Like, it doesn't really define anything. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's why I've been learning as I've been getting older. It's like, ah, fuck it. Yeah. The ego, I never made that connection between ego and like, because it is, it because your world becomes the world this because for me it became like safety it was like oh this is where i'm accepted like that group yeah and then once it became infiltrated it felt like hey man can i have something to myself (laughs) (laughs) totally yeah like i've got to ruin another good thing it did did because going to chicago become like a thing did you go to the city and start seeing bands and oh yeah like so this guy uh this guy that i met who gave me all the records he basically like he just like 
told me the, about the empty bottle of this place. I don't know if you've been there. Uh, I used to live an, down the street from it actually. Oh shit. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's an institution here and like, so I, I just like emailed them when I was in high school and I got a, I got an internship with them. Uh, and so like, I would, I would like once a week after I would get out of high school, you know, I, I was like waking up at like six o'clock to go to school, you know, and then I would like get out of school and then I would literally just like drive to the city once a week. And then like, I mean, like I was just like making copies and hanging up posters, you know, but it was like, I, I was able to, to like, you know, be in the peripheral of all this stuff going on. So like, I was like seeing like, um, I remember like this one soundtrack I saw was like emeralds. If you're familiar with that group, like black dice era, like really like harsh, loud noise music. And I was like 16 years old. Like, what is this shit? And I was like, well, I got to go back home. Like got curfew. <laughs> Did they let you just ha- hang out freely too? That's pretty wild. Yeah, the uh, typically like they um I, I had like a guardian. You know, I had the 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 lighting lighting person was usually like my guardian and I was kind of had to like I was glued to their hip basically, but I mean, I was a good I was a I was a good boy, so I just kind of <laughs> sat in the corner and got to watch some of the bands and stuff until I had to get back home. Uh, who else did you get to see in that era? Um, I saw like caribou and fuck buttons was one of the first shows i saw which again it was like noise music and i was just i just like i just had no point of reference you know so like i started like kind of hanging out around there and then it was just like my mind was like exploding and like early on you know i was a big joan of arc fan and then i met um this guy bobby berg who was in that band and who's like you know he's just a man about town here and it was like as my 17 year old self i was like what the fuck like you know, it's like, you don't have any reference for that. You just have the CD. So like these people are like these monsters, like, you know, giants in your head. And then you just like meet them around town and you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. This is crazy. It's wild. Cause I had a similar experience, but it was with second city and I started hanging around there around 15 and oh, 16. Wow. So, and it was the same thing where these people let me, and of course, I don't know if you had this experience, but people started sharing drugs and alcohol with me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if people were doing that. Did you, and how did your parents, were your parents like weird or supportive? Uh, they were actually pretty loose about it. Like, I think they were like a little like unsure of what was going on, but you know, like I did kind of like, if I had to be home, I would like, I would get home. I, I, I like, I realized that I was like kind of getting away with a lot. So I was like, uh, I tried to keep it pretty straight, you know, cause it was just like, this is, I, this is everything. My whole week is like, so I can get out there. <laughs> so I might as well like hold on to the ability to do that. Did you, um, Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. No, no. You, you. Oh, I was just curious if you did start finding yourself hanging out in, in different circles in the city and, and, and what, yeah. You- yeah. I mean, I, I, so I was like, kind of, you know, I had like this just like cohort of like, you know, adopted older brothers and sisters basically. Cause everyone, you know, everyone was like 10 years older than me, basically that, that, that was working there at the time. And so like, I definitely like, you know, I had my, uh, they were kind of like my surrogate family in some ways and kind of like were the education of like, Oh yeah. Like the, this is a million other ways that you can live your life and grow up and, kind of just like the possibilities of life really. So it was, it was pretty eye opening in that and, and, and in the music way too. Cause you're just like just being exposed to so much new stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's cause I started, people started giving me books and like, you know, I, I didn't know shit about like, you know, Eastern philosophy or even music that much. Mm-hmm. And that's when all that, just so many things opened up. It was really 
just incredible. Did you feel like that was happening for you and it started defining sort of where you were headed? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. Cause I, you know, it, it's, I think that's like a big conversation of, you know, what people are kind of talking about today too, like in, in another way, but like, you know, you don't necessarily know something's possible unless you like see it. And so it was like, Oh, I'm just here. And like, you know, I have friends from all these different ages that are like just, yeah, just living, living life way differently than I had seen it at home or, or just like with any, you know, any one I was growing up with, cause it was all kind of, at least to my perspective at the time, all kind of just like a, you know, kind of a one, one way of doing everything. And you didn't get all the, you know, just like the different kinds of like relationships that people were in and like, you know, that, that you could just work at a bar and like, you were happy, like meeting your friends for coffee. And I was like, Oh yeah. Like, what do I want? I'm like, I just want to be able to go meet my friends for coffee and just like sit and chat. Like that sounds great. Yeah. That was like, no one really worked when like, I mean, I knew some of the actors at second city and like all my friends became like on the staff, but it was like, no one barely did anything. And it was like very bohemian. And like to see that as a teen where I was like, fuck, I don't have to go to college. I don't have to get some shitty job. I can just hang out with people being creative. It was like mind blowing. For real. And I mean, yeah, I was, I was at that time trying to figure out, right. Like you're like, well, do I go to college or whatever? And I I did go to college, but I was going to go for like recording like records or something. I was trying to figure out school to go do that. And then I met the sound person, uh, this guy, Matt Hannigan, and he was just like, don't go to college. He's like, he's like, I'll teach you. And so basically I started entering with him too. Uh, and he taught me, I mean, he taught me so much and that that's what I had been doing. Uh, I mean, basically right up until the pandemic, I was like, you know, playing in bands and I was a touring sound engineer. So, um, I mean, yeah, it like changed my whole educational future and everything just based on, based on this guy I just met, you know, randomly. And of course I was just like, yeah, that sounds great. I'll trust you. That sounds great. I don't know if it's just specifically Chicago, but I feel like so many people have, I don't know Chicago just seems op- more open to like being like, yeah, come on, fucking do it. Totally. It's really encouraging. And I mean, looking back on it, I'm like, wow respect to all these folks that were just like saw this kid and were like willing to, which I'm sure is the same way for you. It's like, you guys were really like, cool. Like I, I meet some young kids now and I'm like, nah, I can't <laughs> That's like how, you don't know shit. <laughs> I felt like, I mean, I often ask these people like now I'm like, what the, why the fuck did you want to hang out with like a 16 year old? I mean, right. Like I was probably obnoxious and didn't know shit about fuck. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I mean, we're clu- you're clueless when you're 15, 16 years old. <laughs> I, I'm st- still kind of there. I got no idea. <laughs> How, wh- I, I'm pretty blown, what gave you the, what planted the seed in your brain to be like, all right, I'm going to reach out to the double door? Was there something that set that off? Um, it was an empty bottle, but... Um, oh, sorry. No, all good. Uh, I honestly don't know. I was just like, you know, I was playing in these bands in high school and I was just like, a, I guess it was just like, a, a, I was just obsessed with music after I, even, I mean, even with the pop punk stuff, it was just like, I don't even know exactly what to put my finger on, but I, I was like, just loved being around it and like the idea of making it. And like when I was first playing in bands, I was like, I played bass and I, I didn't, I didn't sing or anything. And I, you know, but it was just like, just being part of this collaboration and then 
just that kind of world that it seemed to present itself. I was like, I just want to be in this like all the time. So I guess like I just, I just sent the email honestly. And it was like funny cause I went to the interview and I had this like a, uh, you know, some, some jacket with like a fake fur hood at the time. And uh, you know, I hadn't really even been to the city very often. And I was like, wait, is everyone like in the music scene, like a vegetarian? Are they going to think this is like real fur? Like, <laughs> are they going to hate me? Like, oh man, maybe I should like take the jacket off before I go inside. You know, it was just like, I had no idea, but everyone was so nice. And I was like, Oh, I don't have to worry so much about this. Wow. That's wild. And it's just, I don't know. That's really cool. Sorry. I'm just, no. it made me, it made me, it's just cause it's hard not to relate to my own world of just like that where you're so uncertain. And then it's like, I would like hide the music I listened to because I didn't want people to think I was a fucking dork. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. And then, yeah, it just goes back to the thing. Like they don't give a shit. They know you're a kid. Like, you know, you're like, you think you're like pulling a fast one on everyone. You're like, no, I'm cool. <laughs> when did don't you, mind me. when did you st- start getting the, want to move away from bass and, 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 and sing. Was there, was that a process or was that just a sudden, like, all right, I'm going to do this. I was like, I was like, had a guitar. I I, I guess I don't even know why I bought a guitar, bought a guitar at some point. And then I was, I was like always writing songs in my room, like at home and stuff like that. But I just like, I don't know if it was like, you know, like having the self-confidence or, or just to like the platform to do it or whatever, you know, cause I like my role in that band, especially at the time, it was like, I'm like the supporting member in this kind of situation, you know? And I, I don't think I had the confidence necessarily to be like, I thought, I thought the songs and stuff I was doing was good, but I just was like, I don't know if I can share this with people yet. And it's there was scary. like, there's a, it is scary, especially when it's like, just you, you know, like you're in a band, you can kind of hide behind what everyone else is doing. And it's not just like one, it's not just one person's contribution. It's this other thing. Right. And so when you're writing your own songs, you're like, Oh fuck, this is nothing to hide behind. Yeah. And opposed to like any, I don't know if there seems some, maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like sharing a song is something vulnerable, like more vulnerable than like, Hey, I wrote a short story about a guy who steals cars. <laughs> it's like, there's like something yeah. more personal. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. Like, yeah, I guess like, you know, uh, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but like, if you're like, Hey, listen to this song I made. And then like the experience of like playing a song for like someone else to listen to. And then you're just sitting there. It's like the worst experience ever. Like, and at least with a book, right. You're like, Hey, I wrote this. And you're like, all right, I gotta go take this. And like, it's going to take more than three minutes. Yeah. Yeah. That makes me, did you see, uh, the Lewin Davis movie, the Coen brothers movie. No. Oh, it doesn't. It's about a folk singer, but there's a scene where he plays a song actually in Chicago for a big booker. And the guy's like, yeah, I don't see any money here. And it's just like this. (laughs) And it's like that gut, but it's like, I think anybody, any performer could relate to that where you're like, Hey, I'm pouring my soul out. And you're like, Nope. Just like coldly like fuck off. Oh man. Yeah. I mean like, welcome to the music world, right? Like, that's just like my, was my life for so long. I mean, even still, sometimes you're like, eh. yeah, I was, cause I was thinking about that as a, you're a young guy going into this and you, when you're that young, you're like, the world is wide open and you're like, I'm fucking doing this. Was there, yeah. uh, was there moments or a moment where you're like, Oh, the, like where you 
realize like, oh, this is a business and it becomes about different things? I don't know if that's a too vague of a question. Uh, yeah, you know, like in my like earlier 20s, there was like a really like vibrant um, like house DIY like scene, scene here in Chicago. And um, so I kind of like fell really deep into that. Similarly, how I fell, you know, into the empty bottle, just like city world. It was just like, oh, I found this new, this new kind of, you know, pocket of like everyone. And it was just like, you know, everyone's just like, I mean, and it, looking back, you know, it's also like a party in a big social environment too. And it's like, that's like a huge part, part of it. But everyone's like, we're here for the music. We're like doing this thing. And like, you know, it was like a, the PA is super shitty or it's broken and everyone's just like, but everyone, no one cares. And everyone's just like, you know, it was, it was a great place to see music and, and to play it and try out new ideas and bands and stuff. And I think, it, um, you know, like we're in that world where it was all just like, kind of, you had some idea that like, it was all like pure and you're like deep, you know, it was just all just about self-expression or whatever. And then, um, I was helping run a, like a small label with a couple of my friends. And then I remember trying to get like people to like write about uh, a, f- a friend's record and it was like, yeah, just a bunch of people like, no, too busy, you know, like it, just, it doesn't, you know, they don't have the time, not interested, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh shit, like <laughs> all the doors are closed. I'm like, this is amazing. Like in my mind, I'm like, this is the best record that you've ever heard. Uh, but yeah, it just doesn't work out that way. It's like, oh, well, I got a bunch of fucking deadlines and <laughs> yeah, you know, there's just a lot of doors closed to you until... I, I, at least in like my, my like time in the music, you know, business or whatever, like I've been like touring for like seven years or something like that and like working at it. And it's literally just like, okay, I've just been knocking on the door long enough. Eventually someone was like, fine, I'll answer the door. <laughs> yeah. How, yeah, because you do sound and stuff. How often were you, before the pandemic, how often were you on the road? And um, A lot. Like, it got, actually, like, 2019 was my, or, man, what year is it right now? 2021. 2019 was my, probably my craziest year. I did, like, nine months, which was, like, a really insane amount of time. I can't fucking, I've like the longest I've ever gone out for things was like four weeks and I like, it's just crazy. Yeah. That was too, that was way too much. Honestly, <laughs> like, it, um, but you know, I, it was like, I had a, the one band that I worked for, uh, was having a really big year. So I, you know, I did a lot of that. And then it was like sneaking in dead tours on the side, uh, kind of in between all that stuff. And so that's just kind of how it worked out. But, uh, but luckily now I'm kind of like, able to just do dead and the band and it's kind of i can focus and i can be home which is like a thing now you know with the pandemic it's like i love being home like me and my girlfriend moved in together and it's just like this is nice <laughs> like why was i gone for so long yeah i read you've been doing a lot of cooking oh man <laughs> a ton of cooking was that yeah. something you would went into before or like or was it you didn't have time uh i was always cooking for myself because i was also on that like you know, I, I was paying like insanely cheap rent at this apartment that I had lived at for six years. And I was like living on like $20 a week groceries kind of thing. So I was always cooking, but it was like, 
rice and vegetables and like, you know, like gruel. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now, you know, here we were like, we use spices and uh, <laughs> multiple pots, you know, man, Chicago. I don't know if it's changed much, but when I lived in Chicago, it was so fucking cheap. It was like you, I had a place I could pay my rent with one week's paycheck and still have like money, dick around money. And I wasn't making like a lot of money. Yeah, that was that was the spot I was just living. That's like a, a bit of a rare and rare thing nowadays. But I mean, it's it, it's a huge city, so there's places I think that still happens. But. Yeah, I mean, I had gunshots and all that stuff, but I was like, that's a fair trade. I'd say so. That's, that's like my life philosophy for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what neighborhood are you in now? I moved to Logan Square, actually. Oh, right on. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Logan Square, when I was in Chicago, like... That was, I had some friends who started venture that way, but people were like, I don't know, man, Logan Square. Mm-hmm. And now it's like pretty, it's pretty changed. Yeah. It's a, probably unrecognizable from, from when you were there. But yeah. Wicker Park was like the spot. And that what, one, were you there in like a late nineties or not to sound old, but early, <laughs> early nineties. Right. Okay. Like that was when I was born. <laughs> <laughs> Son. <laughs> but yeah, I was like 94 and then I lived there again in 98 and then I visited probably around 2005. I left around 2000, but I came back and I was like, went to Wicker Park and I went to like division in Ashland and it didn't even, it was, wasn't even recognizable. I was, it was like oh, yeah. well lit and felt safe. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I actually, I, 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 I've never lived there, but I, um, I, have you ever read Nelson Algren at all? Yeah. I'm a big Nelson Algren fan. I mean, that whole like Wicker Park is just like imprinted on my brain from like that. And, and actually kind of from the time that you were living there, like I have all of these kind of old, you know, mythologies about this, this one like triangle of, of town that I just find so interesting. Yeah. I've talked to David Pajo and uh, about it, like a bunch and Tim uh, Pajo, Pajo from Slinton and um, Tim Rutilli from uh, Califone and like that whole 90s it just seemed like everybody was just i don't know seemed very special not to be nostalgic about it i which is weird because i only listened to the jesus lizard at that time and and slim mm-hmm. so i wasn't like following too much of the scene like i followed like albini and all that stuff but it was like in yeah. hindsight i'm like fuck i missed some really magical stuff <laughs> yeah yeah you just you just don't know what's going on around you right yeah and i guess like tortoise like the majority of tortoise bartended at the rainbow room, which was kind mm-hmm. of like this weird, which I was like, they, those, they probably served me. I just didn't know it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that like, st- I listen to your records, but like how the hell else would I know? Is the rainbow room still a thing or is yeah, it? And it still has that vibe too. Actually. It's like a holdout for sure. Yeah, it was definitely, I never felt, I mean, I never felt cool, but I, it was definitely very like cool and, or like yeah. hip. And I was just like, oh, I'm just a fucking dork. Yeah, me me and my friend actually like because I mean I I can't imagine it's changed inside very much since you were probably going there or you know the sixty years or whatever beforehand. Uh, it feels like a Nelson Algren, like you're in your nineteen forties, you know, kind of sleazy bar. And uh, me and my friend were like, you know, what's up with our what's up with these phones and like being able to get in touch with each other? Like, you know, there's a time you just have to call like call the bar to see if the person you're looking for is there or something like that, right? And so we're like, okay, we'll just, we'll just like, let's just make a plan a couple weeks out. And if, if we if, you know, if, if we both remember, we'll be at the rainbow at this time, we won't text <laughs> each other 
if we get there and we're waiting, we won't text each other. We did that successfully one time, and then I, the other, the rest of the times, either one of us would show up, and then the other one would just be sitting. No one would come, and you're just sitting there having a beer by yourself. How did you get into Nelson Algren? Because that is, even as Chicagoans, it's kind of a vague reference sometimes. Because even you were like, "Do you know Nelson Algren?" Which, mm-hmm. I, by the way, made me really happy, and now I like you uh, even more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love that guy. He's one of my favorites. I think. Um, I honestly don't know. My at, at this kind of cheap apartment I had been living in, um, one of my roommates was uh, is just like a huge reader. And, and writer, but uh, he just like devours books. And I think, I think he probably is the one who slipped. Maybe like um, Man with the Golden Arm probably was the first one I read. And I think, I think I was through him and then I just basically bought every book that I could. Yeah, I don't feel like he gets his proper due. Like it's weird. Like people are all crazy for Bukowski and like, oh, the seedy drunk writer. And I was like, Algren like really was in that like before anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, like, I don't know that I just like the, I feel like the way he, t- he talks about people, it's like, it's just, you know, from a very human perspective, which is like, you know, it's like these people who all have their vices and problems and fight too much or, you know, whatever. But, um, I feel like they're at, at least like, you know, from, from my experience reading them, I feel like they're like, they're people, you know, <laughs> they're like, they're both good and they're bad at the same time. And that's just like how life is, you know, like you got issues. <laughs> yeah. I, I keep thinking that he's going to have a, like a resurgence, but it just, there's a great documentary about him, a Chicago and made that. And I, when Kramer did the music for it, that's pretty great. I can't I'll really, fi- yeah, I'll, I'll see if I can find a link to it or something and send it to you. Michael Kaplan, who teaches at Columbia directed it. Cool. Do you do you feel like reading is a big part of like feeds your creativity? Um, honestly, I I haven't really felt that that much until kind of like the last two years actually. But I think it's kind of like part of a broader thing where it's just like it's just like ideas in general, you know, regardless of where they're coming from. And so it just it just so happens that I'm like reading all these books, and I'm like, oh, like you know like seeing like structural things that writers are doing. And I'm like, Oh, that's like, you could do that in a song or, just, or, and just kind of like ideas, you know, cause like, especially now, you know, you're in your house all the time. It's like, normally maybe you're like having all these conversations over a beer at a bar or something like that. It's like, well, where am I going to get my like <laughs> outside of my head enough to like, look at something from a different angle, you know? Yeah. Uh, has been reading. I think for me, I read this book, um, the Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison. Earlier. Oh, I've been wanting to read that. Oh, it's an, it's incredible. It's a total trip, and uh, that that one like really resonated a lot with me because it's like kind of like strange and sci-fi, but also very like it's very relevant to you know everything we've been dealing with like social justice and stuff over the last uh, you know year, especially and yeah, just get just a. Uh, that one resonated with me, but yeah, I think like just having like the opportunity to like interface with some ideas, you know, outside of like, well, what are we going to cook today? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, it's weird. I've most of the pandemic I didn't read. And then the last couple of months I was like, all right, I got to get like, I felt my brain getting mushy and I was like, all right, back to books. And it's like, it just, I don't know, especially when you're reading something like that, that inspires you and it goes along with what's going on. Cause I'm reading Malcolm X and I'm like, Oh, nice. Have you read it? 
No, I've, I've actually been meaning to read him. Uh, he seems really cool. I just feel like an idiot for not reading it. for, And it's just, it's mind-blowing. It's like, fuck, this shit's like 50 years ago. That it, It's like, and you realize how much hasn't changed, but yet how, you know, at least we're becoming, or we're more conscious. It's more of a forefront of post to like, well, mm-hmm. I read something a while ago that Malcolm X was, at one t- time, the most hated man in America, like a poll was taken. And, and I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, Wild. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy to think like, I mean, yeah, I, I've been finding that too, like reading, I've been like really enjoying reading history books and stuff. And you just see like, it really like pulls the lens back and be like, we've been dealing with the same shit for like, I mean, not even just the last 400 years, but like for like the whole time we've been here, it's been fucked up. You know, it's just like, you know, feudalism and all this stuff. And it's just like the people on the bottom have never had a good, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And your band is pretty, cause you weren't, weren't you doing like donating the band camp Fridays to causes and various things like that? Yeah, we did a couple of things early on. And then, um, we were using kind of like, we had just bought this van for like a bunch of, you know, we were planning on doing all this touring last year and, didn't have that. So we were like able to, to use that for various things. Um, Emily was using it for like, I think doing some jail support and like just food runs. And I was doing it for some like food supply kind of things. Um, uh, just like, you know, distributing food to areas that people needed help a little bit. And, um, yeah, I actually just started doing this one thing that it's pretty cool. It's there's like this organization called the love fridge in Chicago and they're, um, kind of mutual aid, refrigerators that are just all over the city and stocked people. The the idea is that like people from the community, if they have it, the means you can st- help stock it with food. And then, you know, whoever needs food can go to the, the fridge and pantry kind of thing and take what they need. So I've been, I've been, I just started last week, but just going to like go clean up the fridges and, you know, uh, face the shelves and clean up spills and you know all that kind of stuff face the shelves did you have you worked in a grocery store because i worked in a grocery store that's how i learned that phrase i haven't i don't i honestly don't even know why i know that but i'm just like always very conscious of even when i'm at the grocery store i'm like these, these shelves need to be faced you might have a future in grocery if this music stuff doesn't uh, pan out you can get a job at the jewel or dominic's <laughs> i'm down or the jewels and the dominic as most chicagoans say have you felt like um because i felt like your band dead was on a it was moving quickly wouldn't you say like and you were oh yeah and then it like shut down during the pandemic because you were on your way to south by southwest right when you had Mm -hmm. to like be like how was how big of a letdown was not being able to play south by southwest for starters well i mean it had already been canceled but you know it's like you know back to like all this shit i've been talking about it's like a bunch of people were still like, let's just do it anyways. You know, like and people were just willing to like make it work and make it happen. Cause you know, for various reasons, but, um, we already kind of knew it was a gamble. And then like we went out and I think we were on the road for three days and like, you could literally see the gears of society just like grinding to a halt. It's like the first show we had was like one of our bit, like it was just like one of the most positive, like out of town shows that we've ever played. Like a lot of people were there and everyone was really excited. And then it was like, uh, I think Tom Hanks got COVID that, that it was announced that he got COVID that day and the NBA canceled. And then basically it was just like, (laughs) nothing. And then we're like, Oh, let's just drive back home from Oklahoma now, I guess. For a half second, I thought you were going to say Tom Hanks was at the show. (laughs) 
we haven't we haven't made it that big yet. Colin Hanks is pretty hip on the music. Like I follow, I don't follow a lot of celebrities, but I follow him, and he actually follows a lot of pretty. He's pretty in the know, so okay. he might he might be a fan already. You just you don't know. Might have to check that out. Did you did you feel like were you able to sustain your momentum as a band with the pandemic, or did you feel like you had to regroup and like replan about what? how to go about things uh, yeah it's been a kind of weird year like I, f- I feel like there's more momentum than now than there ever really has been but i don't know if it's really be of any of our doing really we kind of like we did some live streams and that kind of thing in the beginning and it was like all right well put the record out that's good good enough like we'll just catch you like <laughs> catch you in a year or two whenever this kind of can happen again you know yeah i feel like i see uh, maybe it's my awareness i don't know but i feel like i kept seeing you your band pop up in feeds and like articles and stuff so i was like part of the that's part of the reason why we're we're here right now is because i was sure yeah oh sorry yeah oh yeah um did it did this having to be still for a year like make you I don't know, reapproach how like your maybe music or the what the band will be doing next? Hmm. Yeah, I I mean I think it just gave us a nice little break from, you know, just the kind of cycle that we were in. So like if anything, you know, it's a good time to hang out and read and get some new <laughs> ideas. Yeah. I just feel like I don't know, I get on it. Right when the pandemic started, I was like, this is the fucking best. And now I'm like going crazy. But I never leave the house anyway. I don't have to. Yeah. Oh, well, that's a, that's not bad. <laughs> I didn't mean it like I'm rich or something. I'm, <laughs> I have a mansion. But I just mean yeah. like all my work has always sort of been from home. So, Sure. Yeah, it, it's been really nice being home, honestly. And I think just being able to focus on, you know, like, going on camping trips and, and we, me and my girlfriend have been gardening and like, uh, and cooking. And it's kind of, it's, I think it's just good to be like doing like other, like real life things, you know, and you're like, okay, cool. Like it just, again, it's just like a, all about like expanding your perspective on the world. Right. Yeah. I mean, it seems like if you don't feed that sort of side of you, it's easier to burn out. Yeah. Then that's when you start writing songs about counting and, <laughs> Uh, I like songs about that, uh, fame and touring. Those are my favorite songs because I'm like, oh, yeah, oh I can gosh. relate to your touring song. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like about being stuck in a vehicle for a long time. Or My, my rule is like, there, there is like one very conscious exception I have at this, at this moment, but my rule is like, you can tell when someone's kind of ran out of things to talk about when like a whole verse or something is like, one, two, three, four, five, you know, like. <laughs> And it's like, that's that's it? Just open a dictionary and just point at some random words. Yeah. Do the old Burroughs thing. Just chop up sentences from other books and put paste them together. Yeah. I heard, uh, I heard, uh, uh, I heard that the guy from Weezer uses an Excel sheet and has a, a similar thing like that. He just has a bunch of words that are like good words. And then it's just like, I'll pick these ones from my Excel, like listed by like... Um, syllable or whatever oh that's i don't i don't follow weezer close enough to know I what his lyrics I, I, I don't yeah and neither do i but i i just heard that i said that's quite strange Did that it? seems like you might as well just wear a suit to work 
It seems like the Chili Peppers would do that because their lyrics tend to just be like, "What? What the fuck are you talking about?" That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> true. I there. Yeah, I don't know. There, uh, there are definitely like uh, some bands that I lyrically or something I. I'm just like, what the hell are you talking about? But I'm still like, I love this song. So then like, you know, you can kind of get so worked up about like what you're trying to say or something. And then you're like, Oh yeah. Yeah. There's that some people don't, which I always thought was weird. They're like, yeah, supposedly like Cobain would write a song and then think of the lyrics last. And I'm like, I don't know. I've always been one who reads the lyric sheets and I like, that's an important part to me. Yeah. Do you have a specific approach? Because I know you said, or I read 90% of your music is created sort of spontaneously in rehearsals and Mm -hmm. stuff, which is, which is interesting alone. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like I I feel like there's like two different kinds of songs, right? Like there's some of them that you're like writing in the moment and then like the lyrics just like all just kind of spill out. And then it's just like, Oh, this is perfect. You know, as it is like, this is a gift from the greater, creative stream with which we're swimming you know um and then there's other ones where it's like because i just like love music so it's like some of the songs you know they're just like maybe something like verbally doesn't come into manifestation right away and then yeah you got to piece it in later or something but it's like the melodies and all that and like the kind of like like some like a lot of times like you know you'll just have like i have like a set of like and not predetermined or anything, but like filler words that I just like, Oh, these are just in my song, every song like that I'm writing right at the beginning until like the actual words happen. Um, so yeah, I'd say it's like twofold, I guess, but the ones that are like just spill out are like the real, those are like the ones I'm always the most proud of, I guess. Um, fuck. I forgot my question. You said something that sparked a question and then it went, Oh, well, I guess um, what is coming up for the, just to wind it down, I guess, because we are almost there. What do you you have any, uh, anything coming up or anything you want to plug? I always put everything in the show notes where they can buy and not stream buy the music. Yeah. I don't know if we have anything that I'm allowed to talk about. Okay. Well, I don't want to do that, but, um, but we got a bunch of stuff cooking on the stove. So, Oh, just to keep your keep your eyes and ears out. Are you working up? Can you talk about if any possible live shows now that things are easing up? Because I have friends who have already started booking. Yeah, I mean, we we actually just announced the tour that we're doing with. Um, oh, I guess this is something you about. We, we have <laughs> we have concert tickets available for purchase. Um, we're we're going on tour with uh, Julian Baker. Actually, oh, that's right. End, I saw that. the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. Is it's that... funny. <laughs> it's, this is funny. You're like, what's going on? And I'm like. Honestly, I've just been in this like quarantine fog for so long. I'm like, I don't even know what's going on anymore. I'm just waking up every day. Is that going to be weird to be back? And is it going to be hard to leave your girlfriend after all this time? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we've been doing this for a year and a half. It's going to be a rude awakening when you're like the car again. <laughs> like, yeah, like I had, I don't even want to go any. Like I had to go somewhere a couple weeks ago and I was like, I don't want to fucking go somewhere. And I was like, you haven't gone anywhere in like a year. Like, why is this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's funny. Cause I, you know, I think a lot of people are like, will, it, will people have changed or learned something after this, like, you know, crazy experience that everyone's been through or like take, you know, maybe they won't take 
you know, cultural experiences or like concerts for granted. I'm like, nah, it's like, you're going to go to your first, like, uh, like really fun get together. And then after that, it'll be like, Hey, do you want to go to so-and-so's house? And you're like, "Ah, I'm good. Let's let's just like put a movie on or something, you know? Um, well, thank you very much, Jason. Yeah. It's really nice to meet you. for listening to conversations with the wire please become a patreon subscriber if you like also subscribe to the show on your itunes or what have you not and tell your friends about the show that would mean a lot to me as well as uh, go to the link tree in the show notes or the mattdwyer.com or conversations with the wire at the instagram and you could learn more about the show buy merch and all those great things thank you very much for listening